0: is an ABC News special Queen Elizabeth II A Royal Life
1: I declare before you all that my whole life whether it be long or short shall be devoted to your service and to the service of our great imperial family
2: She's turned out to be probably beyond all measure the most effective constitutional monarch that the United Kingdom and the Commonwealth has ever had You know, she's been monumentally affected by just being her steady self. Monarch, wife, mother, grandmother, those are hard to juggle normally. Put a crown on it, even harder. She
3: set an incredible example to to me, to others, to follow her leadership, her duty, her sacrifice. You know, that example, if people took just a tiny bit of it away in their own lives, you know, I think the world would
0: be a better place. From ABC News headquarters, here is correspondent Sherry Preston.
4: Queen for more than half a century, Elizabeth II reigned over a rapidly changing country, the last days of a once vast empire weathering scandals that would threaten the future of the monarchy. Through it all, Elizabeth ruled with a steady hand and a devotion to the British people. That affection was mutual, and that's why Great Britain today is a nation in mourning. The Queen's oldest son, Charles, will of course become king in keeping with British law of succession, Prince William takes his father's place as first in line to the throne, and little Prince George is now second in line behind Prince William. Queen Elizabeth was the longest reigning monarch in British history, and as ABC's Terry Moran reports, one of the most beloved.
0: She was simply, to millions around the world, the Queen. The most famous woman of her time, from her coronation in 1953 to the outpouring of affection on her diamond jubilee marking 60 years on the throne. So much history, so many indelible moments. Decade after decade, from the Cold War to the computer age, what an extraordinary reign. And for all those years, through all that history, duty is what defined this remarkable woman. She was born in 1926, a little princess, Lilibet her family called her, who was never expected to become queen until her uncle, the playboy king Edward VIII, abdicated the throne to marry an American divorcee, and her father then became King George VI. The young Elizabeth was suddenly next in line for the throne.
1: I declare before you all that my whole life, whether it be long or short, shall be devoted to your service and to the service of our great imperial family.
0: During World War II, the princess did her duty. She was a driver and mechanic on the home front, and she fell in love in those years a handsome prince, swashbuckling Navy Lieutenant Philip Mountbatten.
1: Take thee, Philip. To my
0: wedded husband. To my wedded husband. They married in 1947. Five years later, when King George died, Lilibet became Queen Elizabeth II. Her coronation was an international sensation. But the British Empire Elizabeth inherited was falling apart, all the colonies becoming independent nations. So she helped to create a new realm dubbed the British Commonwealth.
2: When we were young, it was very easy to take our grandmother for granted. Um, you know, she was just a grandmother um, to us. But I've actually really learned to sort of understand and, and accept the, the, the huge deal that she is around the world.
0: Elizabeth travelled the world more than 250 overseas trips, showing how the British monarch could change with the times and shape them, even as she raised four children, the most famous working mum in the world.
3: She was a young woman in a man's world, um, carving her own way through life and through a job that she, like any of us, don't necessarily have all the preparations you'd
0: like. The years brought their ups and downs. The wedding of Prince Charles and Diana seemed to be a highlight and Elizabeth watched as her daughter-in-law captivated the world in the 1980s. But when that marriage collapsed so scandalously, many Britons began to doubt the relevancy of the monarchy itself. When Diana was killed in a car crash in Paris, Elizabeth stayed in Scotland with her family. As waves of grief rolled over Britain, the queen was seen as unsympathetic and public anger at the royal family reached a fever pitch. And then she returned and joined her people in mourning.
1: What I say to you now, as your queen and as a grandmother, I say from my heart. First, I want to pay tribute to Diana myself. She was an exceptional and gifted human being.
0: As monarch, Elizabeth maintained tradition and yet moved just enough with the times. Good evening, Miss Ford. Good evening. Who can forget her appearance alongside 007 Daniel Craig at the London Olympics? It was a rare moment of public fun from a woman who prized dignity, but her family knew a different side.
3: If you do ever have problems, you can share them with her and she will listen and she will try and help. Um, But otherwise, she sort of... Let's you get on with your own life and
0: and carve your own path. Perhaps one of Elizabeth's proudest moments, Prince William's marriage to Kate Middleton in 2011, a wedding that united the British people and breathed fresh life into the monarchy. Two years later, the queen would welcome the newest heir to the throne, Prince George, and later Princess Charlotte and Prince Louis.
3: She's a remarkably energetic and dedicated guiding force for her family. And I'm so glad that my children are having the chance to get to know the Queen.
0: In 2015, Elizabeth became the longest-serving monarch in British history, passing her great-grandmother, Queen Victoria. A long life, a long reign. She watched with pride as the next generation celebrated milestones, and she endured the disgrace of her son Andrew's public scandals. Her reign, which was born out of her uncle's abdication, saw her grandson Prince Harry also step away from royal life.
2: The decision that I have made for my wife and I to step back is not one I made lightly. It was so many months of talks after so many years of challenges. And I know I haven't always gotten it right, but as far as this goes, there really was no other option.
0: One biographer called her Elizabeth the Steadfast. Her strength guiding her people through the COVID-19 outbreak.
1: We should take comfort that while we may have more still to endure, better days will return. We will be with our friends again. We will be with our families again. We will meet again.
0: Elizabeth's deep sense of duty above all, earning her a permanent place in the hearts of the British people. In 2021, she mourned her greatest loss, the rock of her own life, her husband, Prince Philip, her closest confidant and advisor. Their marriage was an enduring partnership, a sentiment she shared on their 50th wedding anniversary.
1: All too often, I fear Prince Philip has had to listen to me speaking, but he has quite simply been my strength and stay all these years.
0: 73 years of marriage spent side by side, And at his funeral, the poignant images of the Queen, due to COVID protocols, seated alone. She will be remembered for a lifetime of unwavering service to her country. Perhaps Prince Charles put it best on the night of his mother's Diamond Jubilee. As a nation, this is our opportunity to thank you and my father for
2: always being there for us, for inspiring us with your
0: selfless duty and service. And for making us proud to be British. The Queen is dead. Long live the King.
4: ABC's Terry Moran reporting. Queen Elizabeth II ruled for more than 70 years through the death of Princess Diana, through COVID-19.
1: It obviously was a very frightening um, experience to, to have COVID very badly.
4: Michelle Tauber is senior royals editor for People magazine, and she is kind enough to join us now. Michelle, what will be the Queen's legacy?
5: When we look at her legacy, we see that she truly did rise to the occasion. She met the moment and continued to do so throughout her reign. What that looked like, of course, was this, you know, the, the mantra that, that we often repeat the keeping calm and carrying on that she did from the beginning to the end. I'm not sure anyone was ever better at it. and and I'm not sure anyone ever will be. She just never really betrayed any sense of stress, of overwhelm, even in the even in the dark times. and And it's not to say that she didn't make missteps, most notably, of course, in the wake of the death of Princess Diana. But even then, the the, the calm, steadiness that the world came to expect from her never slipped
4: people magazine's michelle tauber will have more with michelle in a bit the world has changed a lot since elizabeth became queen and over the past 70 years she has had an incredible front row seat for all of it meeting so many of the world's most iconic leaders and even though many of them didn't exactly follow the rules the queen was never shaken abc's david muir has more
1: My visit has given me the opportunity to reaffirm the ideals which we share and the affection that exists between our people.
6: During her reign, Queen Elizabeth II traveled on nearly 300 official state visits. She never had a passport. A queen doesn't need one. Even so, she was by far the most traveled monarch in history. The first reigning monarch to visit Australia, China, Russia post-apartheid South Africa. After all, her reign began abroad on an official visit to Kenya as princess. There she learned of her father's death and returned home a queen.
7: And so it was sudden. And so she would later literally comment
6: that she had not had the apprenticeship to become a queen that you might have expected that she was. That year, Stalin was still the leader of the Soviet Union. Harry Truman was president
3: presidents come and go, but the one constant thing between the relationship between the UK and the US was the Queen.
6: She danced with Gerald Ford, watched a ball game with George H.W. Bush. She had high tea with the Clintons.
3: In every state
6: visit, there's something that either
3: goes wrong or doesn't quite go to plan, but that's invariably the thing that we all focus on.
6: When she rode horses with Ronald Reagan.
4: The Queen was out riding at Windsor, which he'd requested. And he sort of gave an impromptu press conference on the top of the horse. The Queen was so annoyed, she just trotted away.
6: <laughs> when George W. Bush welcomed her in 2007.
8: You helped our nation celebrate its bicentennial in, 17, in 1976. He accidentally
6: aged the Queen by 200 years.
8: She gave me a look that only a mother could give a child. <laughs>
6: And in 2009, First Lady Michelle Obama put her arm around the Queen.
9: It seems the President's wife has made at least one very influential friend. Keep in touch, it'll be nice, said the Queen. Now we've met.
6: But as many pointed out, the Queen, it seems, was the first to put her arm around the First Lady's waist. You're not
4: meant to touch the royal personage, because otherwise the Queen would be getting touched all the time. So there is a rule, don't touch the Queen.
6: It happened again during President Trump's visit, a pat on the back during a state dinner. But the Queen always put a good face on etiquette errors, like the time Nelson Mandela, long before he was an elected official, showed up at a South African state dinner, even though he wasn't invited.
2: He was there with his entourage, and the Queen said, well, I think he should join us, don't you? This is before he was President Mandela.
6: They ended up, by many accounts, great friends. Nelson Mandela, it's been said, didn't call her your majesty. He called her Elizabeth. The Queen hosted her share of controversial state visits. The Shah of Iran, Vladimir Putin, Syrian President Bashar al-Assad. And through it all, the Queen did not offer her personal opinions of those leaders.
4: Part of the royal job, if you like, is to Put on the state visit and it doesn't matter at all if the, what the
6: Queen thinks of the person.
8: People will be invited here because there's a need to have important discussions with those politicians, with those leaders.
6: President Trump's visit was greeted with protests in the streets.
3: During his visits here he had Twitter wars with the Mayor of London, but in the presence of the Queen he was somewhat docile. He almost seemed somewhat enamoured
6: with her. So even a character like Donald Trump coming to Britain was, I think, a little disarmed by this diminutive woman in her 90s.
3: The Queen was our soft power, and
7: it will be very interesting to see how Prince Charles navigates that. She was gonna have the conversations. She was gonna go to the countries that wanted to see her. You know, she was gonna go on those trips. She was going to do it. Whether she enjoyed it or didn't enjoy it, it was going to happen.
6: It's impossible to know the breadth of her influence, but she played on the world stage longer than anyone else. And perhaps her visitors were just as starstruck meeting the queen as her subjects were.
2: She has always been a strong supporter of good relations between different cultures, between different groups, between different races and different religions. It was one of the things
4: that I think her reign will be remembered for. ABC's David Muir. Joining us once again is People Magazine's senior royal editor, Michelle Tauber. Michelle, it's really hard to imagine anyone other than Queen Elizabeth on the throne.
5: It's it's really true. And in fact, unless you are um one of the few people on the planet who have um who has been alive almost a hundred years, you don't know. A, a life or a world without Queen Elizabeth on the throne. Everyone knew she couldn't and wouldn't live forever, but we we simply haven't known a world without her. And that's a very significant upheaval.
4: We kind of know her as this global grandma, but when she's on the pages of your magazine, she comes across as a lot more than that. She was glamorous.
5: Yeah, you know, it's really interesting with Queen Elizabeth because she she has worn many hats. She's actually worn thousands of hats um uh, throughout her lifetime and she you know she, she began uh, as a very young princess of course um, who was really still figuring herself out when she took the throne, and was very glamorous um, in in the early years of her reign. Um, had married a very dashing, you know, uh, naval officer, and they were, you know, the most regal couple in the world. She evolved into, um, you know, a woman who most contemporary modern people know as as this global grandmother figure. Um, you know, some some historians uh, have said that. They always felt she was meant to play the role of grandma. Um, it was sort of her most natural and fitting role, um, and she was very good at it. But even in um, you know her her tenth decade of life, she was still someone who could turn heads. You know, by the mere choice of 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 an accessory, of of a hat, of uh, you know one of her many stunning um, you know crown jewels uh, that she had the. Um, had the privilege of wearing throughout her life, so it was sort of a balance of glamour. And yet, um, interestingly, she always she 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 always pulled it off in a way that didn't make her feel, um, I think, as remote as 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 she could have.
4: When the queen finally gave that speech following Princess Diana's death, that was one of those iconic moments. Are, are there other moments that stand out to you as we look back on her life?
5: For me, one of the moments that continues to resonate um and has really stuck with me is is pretty recent in fact and it was the christening of Meghan and Harry's son Archie and I really thought it was the most remarkable um moment in modern royal history um you know there's a photo taken from that christening where we see Queen Elizabeth greeting the baby greeting William and Harry and, and Prince Philip is there and greeting Megan's mother, Doria. And it was unlike anything we've ever seen um, in terms of welcoming um, an American um, daughter-in-law, granddaughter-in-law into the Royal family, um, a, a black American grandmother-in-law, um, this, this new baby. It was, it was really just something I think that, no one, no, truly, you know, this family that's very, very sort of um, sealed off in so many ways for so long, it really was, I think, a powerful visual of new life and change and progress being breathed into this family over which, you know, Elizabeth had presided as matriarch for, um, you know, a hundred years or so. And and, and that was something I, I'm not sure, again, we could have ever imagined um, you know, even, even in you know, not 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 too long before. So for me, I, I, I really I was glad to see that um, in the Queen's lifetime.
4: People Magazine's Michelle Tauber, thanks for joining us. Coming up, the return of the King. When this ABC News special, Queen Elizabeth II, a
9: royal life continues.
0: Queen Elizabeth II, a royal life. Once again, here is ABC News correspondent, Sherry Preston.
4: It's been more than 70 years since Britain has had a king, and nobody has waited longer for it than the Queen's oldest son, Prince Charles. He has lived his whole life under a microscope, his every move watched closely, and now he finally makes his move to the throne. ABC's David Muir has more on The Newest British Monarch.
6: The Prince of Wales is king after the longest royal apprenticeship in history.
3: He'll be the best prepared monarch we've ever had, having served so long as of tutelage under his mother. In
6: 1952, when Charles was just three, his mother became queen. His destiny was laid out before him. It was a difficult childhood for Charles. As a young queen, his mother put duty and service above all else. One of the things he talks about is this memory of his mother
4: coming to kiss him goodnight on the nursery floor wearing the imperial state
6: crown. His mother broke with tradition.
7: Prince Charles was the first heir to the throne to be sent to school as opposed to being instructed by private tutors. He was sent away to the same school I gather that Prince Philip also attended
6: and he didn't have the easiest time of it at first. In his 30s, the prince told Barbara Walters he struggled with certain subjects.
1: I think it's not too bad for people to know that the Prince of Wales can also fail in school and they give him a failing grade.
6: Oh, yes. Mm -hmm. I failed my maths
3: exam three times. I finally got it on the fourth attempt.
6: Prince of Wales became his title in 1969. But at the time, many knew him as a playboy prince.
7: They tried to kind of create him as kind of a James Bond figure. He was referred to as action man, I think, in the 60s as he, like, flew planes or did helicopters or rode in Jeeps or whatever he was doing.
6: In his early adulthood, he became a helicopter pilot, joined the Naval Air Squadron and took command of a naval mine hunter.
7: And there were a long line of lovely young ladies who appeared to be potential spouses for him who did not make the final cut.
6: At 31, he proposed to his uncle's granddaughter, Amanda Natchbull. She turned him down. He fell in love with Camilla Shand. But she married someone else while he was in the Navy.
8: Well, 30 seconds, I think.
6: Finally, Lady Diana Spencer, the younger sister of a girl he had dated.
7: All of a sudden, this teacher, who was so young and so fresh, had that beautiful smile and an ingratiating manner. Suddenly, we discovered that she was the apple of his eye, and before we knew it, they got engaged.
3: I remember thinking what a very jolly and amusing and, and attractive 16-year-old she was. And I mean, great fun mm. and fancy and full of life and everything. And um, um, I don't know what you thought of me. But...
1: Pretty amazing. <laughs>
2: <laughs> and I suppose in love.
8: Of course.
7: <laughs> whatever in love means. So. Everybody remembered that interview where they were asked if they were in love, and he said yes, whatever love is. And that tells you, I think, a little bit about maybe his upbringing whatever love is from a grown man who's just gotten engaged. It's not the note you want to go out and pick your informal China pattern with.
2: It's emerged that the Prince of Wales the night before his wedding really wasn't at all sure whether he was in love with Diana and was actually almost convinced that he wasn't.
6: On that day in July 1981, 750 million people all over the world tuned in. So long as you both shall live. I will. It looked as though Cinderella had gotten her prince.
1: How are you enjoying married life? Highly recommend.
2: I remember going to Australia with them. We were away for six weeks. And, I mean, that was the love tour. I mean, they were over each other like, you know, a rash. I mean, they used to look at each other like they wanted to rush off and uh, rip the clothes off each other. They were that passionate. I mean, it was really, and very tactile, you know, touching.
6: A year later, an heir, and then a second son they're in very good form indeed
2: and bring us both an immense uh, amount of happiness
6: in this their first interview 1985 in kensington palace music by william and harry and the royal couple still acting like newlyweds
2: i suspect most husbands and wives find that uh, they often have arguments
6: but we
7: don't no no, no.
3: but occasionally Mm -hmm. we do because i mean i i'm you know I, (laughs) i
7: i go on longer
1: Sometimes.
7: Yes, but I'm faster. The thing that the British public will always be grateful for is the way she raised her sons. And the love and the affection and the touching and the caring that she imbued them with. They're never going to say whatever love is. They know what love is.
6: But as we all know, the fairy tale faded, and within five years it was clear the marriage had crumbled. Later dueling interviews revealing that Camilla was still in the picture. Their foreign trips were now portraits of an unhappy relationship.
7: She was in touch with their feelings. If she was mad at her spouse, there were going to be indications of that in the photographs. And there were. The funeral procession is on the south side of the park.
6: With Diana's sudden and tragic death just a year after their divorce, Charles was a single parent of two shattered boys.
7: They
2: are coping extraordinarily well, but obviously the uh, loss and death has been uh, uh, an enormous uh, loss as far as they're
6: concerned. As the years passed, Charles slowly introducing the other woman, Camilla, to the public.
2: Yes, it might have been an affair that rocked the monarchy, but it's endured and resulted in an incredibly happy marriage.
6: Through it all, Charles did hundreds of royal engagements every year, which increased with the Queen in her 90s. By 2016, attending 530 engagements at home and abroad in just one year. Duchess Kate on dating Prince William and meeting her future father-in-law.
0: I was quite nervous about meeting Uh, william's father but um but no he's very very welcoming and you know very friendly so yeah i couldn't have it couldn't have gone easier really for me
7: as charles now prepares to ascend the throne what does he do with it will it be more striking to us when it's held by a man that we've seen grow up as opposed to queen elizabeth what are the qualities that the british monarchy represents that's the question that charles is going to now have to answer this man is an absolute
2: gem and we should put our hands together in this country we've got him because he is to my mind you know he is the next king no doubt about it and people said oh yeah but he
6: won't make a great king wait and see this grandfather who has spent seven decades waiting in the wings finally will wear the crown
4: abc's david muir through the decades the queen's reign has been consistent And consistently at her side was her husband, Prince Philip. Married in 1947, they saw their fair share of triumph and tragedy. ABC's Amy Robach has more on their incredible love story that lasted more than 70 years.
9: Queen Elizabeth's love life can be written in one line. She fell in love at age 13 with Prince Philip, royalty from Denmark and Greece, an 18-year-old cadet in the British Royal Navy with the war coming on.
0: They met several times during
3: the war when she was still a teenager, and I think it's clear that she never had eyes for anyone else.
2: I think they must have had real attraction. It must have just been
1: bam. And over the course of the next few years, they, they exchanged letters, they wrote to each other regularly. Her family was slightly alarmed, but much more alarmed were the court who thought, penniless Greek prince, oh.
9: No, thank you.
1: Today is victory in Europe Day.
9: When the war was over, Elizabeth had her own battle to fight. Philip proposed and she accepted, but she hadn't consulted with her parents, the king and queen. They were unconvinced. Philip seemed too outspoken, rough, had lots of German relatives, and that was difficult right after the war. Her father asked her to wait to see if her feelings changed.
8: It took about a year. But the queen was determined, the future queen. And she basically said to her father, look, I'm 21 now. This is the man I love. I'm devoted to him. I want to marry him.
9: She got her way and got her prince. Their wedding was close enough to wartime that she needed ration coupons to have her dress made. But no problem with the cake, nine feet high, Four tiers, decorated with monograms and coats of arms in sugar, and Philip took his place slightly to one side of the throne.
3: Grandfather was, you know, had a very successful career in the in the military or in the navy. He um, he gave it all up to do his job and uh, to be there to support the queen. It must have been quite difficult for him being in the sort of shadows and and being the support.
8: As extraordinary
2: as it was to have a woman in that position in the 1950s, it was almost unheard of for a man to give up his career for a woman and walk two steps behind
7: As we saw in The Crown, Philip and Elizabeth, we imagine, had to resolve the peculiar nature of their relationship, particularly at a time when you would not assume a man would defer to a woman. But because she was the queen and he was not the king, she was his ruler in addition to being his spouse.
0: Are you my
3: wife or my queen? I'm both. I want to be married to my wife.
8: There's a famous quote by Prince Philip where when he met someone once on an engagement, this person said to him, oh, my wife is much more clever and important than I am. And Prince Philip replied, well, we have that problem in our household as well.
9: Known for his outspoken manner, Prince Philip told one biographer that the secret of their long-lasting marriage was he could make the queen laugh. He wore a full uniform each year at the annual Trooping of the Color and apparently could set her giggling with just one look.
7: Why do you love him? He makes me laugh. He makes me laugh. So if Prince Philip makes Queen Elizabeth laugh, rock on with your bad self.
9: By the way, if Philip was her true love, it's clear that she also lavished affection on her beloved Corgis. They came into her life just about when Philip did. The original dog, Susan, was a gift for her 18th birthday, and Susan even came along on their honeymoon. After that, Corgis were a part of the Queen's entourage for more than seven decades. Through the years, 14 generations of descendants from Susan, plus others. If Philip wasn't there, some said that the queen, a quieter person, would use those corgis as a conversation starter. It was clear she depended on her outspoken husband. In the days around their 50th wedding anniversary in 1997, each of them spoke.
2: The main lesson that we've learned is that tolerance is the one essential ingredient of any happy marriage. It may not be quite so important when things are going well, but it is absolutely vital when things get difficult. And uh, you can take it from me that the Queen has the quality of tolerance and abundance.
1: He is someone who doesn't take easily to compliments, but he has quite simply been my strength and stay all these years. And I and his whole family, and this and many other countries, owe him a debt greater than he would ever claim or we shall ever know.
9: Prince Philip stopped most public appearances in 2017 at the age of 96. He died just weeks short of his 100th birthday. They had been married for 73 years, in love for even longer. The queen had never reigned without the prince at her side. ABC's Amy Robach
4: reporting. As a nation and the world mourns the loss of an icon, a family mourns the loss of a grandmother. To help remember the Queen by those who knew her best, ABC's Amy Robach has more from some of the royal grandchildren in their own words on what made Granny so special.
1: Thinking big about Granny's quite easy because she's this incredibly passionate lady who has sort of transcended every generation.
4: For
3: someone like me growing up sort of with the Queen as my grandmother, you look back at history and go, you know, has she really done this? Is this really happening? I think The significance comes in the future when you look back and go, this was her reign and this is what happened and how impressive is it?
9: Despite all the pageantry and glitter, her grandchildren insist that behind palace walls, she was no different than any other grandmother.
1: We look up to her like any granddaughter would to their grandmother.
9: With a little bit of added something. (laughs) William and Harry served in Britain's military. They had to look at their grandmother in another way
2: of my time in the service, the utmost respect that, that I have, not just for, as, for as, as a grandmother, you know, she was my boss for 10 years, and I viewed her very much like that.
9: But after his military service was over, grandson Harry made a promo video for his charity, the Invictus Games for Wounded Warriors. He got the Obamas to play along and granny. Remember when you told us to bring it at the Invictus Games?
3: Careful what you wish for. Boom.
9: Prince Harry knew only one response could one-up the White House. How did you approach your
4: grandmother? <laughs> I didn't want
2: to have to ask the cream. because I didn't want to, you know, back her into a corner. But when I showed her the video and I told her, she was like, right, what do we need to do this? <laughs> Let's do this.
1: Oh, really? Please. Boom. We've grown up all
7: our lives going to Balmoral and Sandringham for Christmas and it's the most incredibly special time for us because we have that time just with her and our family as as just ourselves, not with the whole world watching.
3: She set an incredible example to to me, to others, to follow. Her leadership, her duty, her sacrifice, her selflessness, her love of country, I think they really, really shine through.
1: Her determination, her duty, but also her sense of fun and her love of life. I think that's some things that I'd really like to take with me going forward. She's taught me to always um, be true to yourself and to, um,
7: to stand up and be strong.
3: To her, duty and the way she's brought up, it's very, very important. She puts her own personal feelings and her own personal thoughts to one side and goes, what's, the, what's for the greater good? What's for the, the country's good? And in some cases, what's for the world's good? That example, if people took just a tiny bit of it away in their own lives, you know, I think the world would be a better
4: place. She was the longest-serving monarch in British history and one of the most recognizable people on the planet. A loving wife, a mother, and a grandmother to her family. To the rest of us, she was simply the Queen. I'm Sherry Preston. You've been listening to a special presentation from ABC News.
6: As in previous campaigns, it's the economy, stupid, we'll be looking at that this morning.
9: First, though, it's the news, stupid.
6: It is the economy, stupid.
9: It's not the economy, stupid. It's national security, stupid. It's the hair, stupid. In
8: 1992, one of the best-known pieces of presidential campaign wisdom was born. It's the economy, stupid. But was it actually the economy that won Bill Clinton that election?